0: All right, everyone, back again, another week with another amazing guest. We have Captain Rick Harris from Hill Country Hammer Guides and Outfitters. We have an amazing show this week, but I also do want to remind everybody that we record these podcasts in person, in Fish Tackle Marine on Austin Highway, so we apologize for any background noise or anything that you might hear, but the store is open for business. People are there buying stuff while we're doing the podcast, and uh, we would love for anybody to stop by while we're recording the podcast. Say hello, say what's up, and we're open for business. Thank you very much. Now enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Flippin' Matt's Wade and Flats podcast with Josh and Joe. We're back here at Fish Tackle Marine, San Antonio, Texas, and as y'all can tell, we're open for business. Got a little background noise, (laughs) but we're having happy hour. We got an awesome guest with us today. We got Mr. Rick Harris from Hill Country Hammer Outfitters, right? Yeah,
1: Hill Country Hammer Guides and Outfitters. Guides and Outfitters? Same
0: thing. No, Guides and Outfitters. Is that because y'all just, are y'all just fishing, or do y'all do other stuff? Yeah, we do hunting, too. So uh,
1: my partner, Jared Poole, he's a big hunter. I don't hunt or anything, but he's a big hunter. He got with a little ranch. And he starts outfitting it, selling animals and going shooting animals. So we can do that on the side too. Awesome. Yeah, it's
0: pretty cool. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with that. Full service. Exactly. Because most people that fish like to hunt. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, we appreciate you driving down. I know you don't live far from San Antonio, but we appreciate you cruising down. So, man, let's get a little backstory on Rick Harris, man. I know you've been on a few podcasts and stuff, but, you know, what drives you? What's the fishing?
1: Yeah, man, just started fishing when I was like, years old didn't fish growing up like most people you know yeah. i worked at a camp my boss taught me one time and it's been that's all i wanted to do ever since worked in the oil field swung a hammer until i could afford a boat bought a boat before i bought a truck <laughs> hey, Use company. Hey,
2: i did that that was uh that's when i bought the tracker i was using my uh my tow truck
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah so i bought a boat and then just you know started Fishing local stuff, fishing Thursday nighters, fishing anything I could. Uh yacht buddies with my buddy Kurt Dove down in Del Rio. He made me do the the kids' camp a couple of times. He's like, mm. dude, you should guide. So like, you think? And then he kinda put me under his wing and you know, showed me how to guide and got me down in Del Rio. And then it's been I've been guiding ever since.
0: Yeah, Kurt Dove's a good dude. Thank he's like man. he's like one of the pros pros. Like he's a person that I look up to. I like all the stuff he does. Yeah, he's solid. He's he's
1: business guy, he's fun. I mean, I was just talking to him today. I talked to him probably every day, you know We're just talking we're about to go to New York here, you know, late June, do some stuff. And so you know, we're always back and forth. And then when him with Hayabusa and Rains, you know, doing that, and I'm working with them, we talk once twice a week. You know what I mean?
0: That's yeah, big. cool. Are, are you born and raised Texas? Yes, yeah, so
1: Midland, Texas, West Texas, Oilfield. No water, no lakes, no nothing. Man. No fish yeah. desert. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think I like that's why I like fishing so much because i just never been around it or even been around water my whole life. So
0: <laughs> the only fishing you do in Midlands and frack ponds. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: I've swam in a couple. They got some turtles in there. <laughs> so.
0: That's awesome, man. So you've been with Hill Country how long now?
1: Oh, like a year, a little About over a year. Or so. Yeah. And I've known Jared forever. It's kind of funny how we met. So I was living in Lubbock. You know, I started fishing, living in the Lubbock. There's a lake out there, Allen Henry. I'm sure you all have heard of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I hired a guide out there because I didn't have a boat. I didn't, you know, I think probably when I went out with this guide, it was probably the second time I've ever been in a bass boat. Well, come to find out, that's Jared's dad, Philip Pool. He's Ooh. been a guide on Allen Henry for 25 years. So, really? Yeah. And I we didn't even know. So then, you know, I'm in, I'm in Lubbock, and I'm just a pond, like by the holiday and fishing. I meet this other dude fishing. We're talking and. Told him I went out to Allen Henry and fished with this guy. And he's like, yeah, that's my dad. So we became buddies. And then he moved to LBJ and we still remain in contact. And the rest is history, I guess.
0: Dude, that's awesome.
1: It's crazy how like, little things yeah. like that in your life you don't realize are that important until you look down the road five years and you're like.
0: You're like, we met at a Holiday Inn fishing in a pond. Yeah. <laughs> and if that didn't
1: happen, I probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? it's no doubt. It's crazy to think about that
0: stuff. Yeah, that is cool. So you've been with Hill Country about a year now. You did your own guide thing a little bit yeah, before I then. Yeah,
1: I got into Del Rio, like Captain Rick at Amstead. Like, did that for three years solid, and that was – I mean, that's where – I love Anstead. Like we talked about earlier, man, it's my favorite place in the world. Yeah, it is. Yeah. This Del Rio's cool. The lake's amazing. The people are cool. Like, well,
2: it's that town have, that's – it's close to have everything, but far enough to get – like, it's like a getaway, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. It
1: has everything and it has good people.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: So, how like, you said you were doing windmills, right? Yeah. So and then how did you get that whole, like, I'm just going to stop everything and just go full-time guy?
1: Well, so I was in the oil field. And then Kurt, you know, uh, told me to guide and stuff. So, am right, full-time guy. Well, you know, I don't know if you heard of it, but, like, COVID happened in 2020. Oh, you yeah, you heard I heard that's that? a thing. Yeah. So that happened. And actually, that was a really busy year for us guys. Hmm. like everybody was fishing like we were dude i didn't i didn't know about covid until like may Hmm. that's how busy i was you know what i mean so all that happened i came back from new york in like the fall of 2020 and it just flatlined yeah the oil field was down the election was happening pandemic nobody kind of knew what the next year was going to bring so nobody was like spending money on guy trips Hmm. so one of my buddies jonathan click Chase Horde, Will Bland, they all fish. They're all my buddies. Well, they work in this uh wind, you know, wind, like wind turbines and stuff. And they're like, man, look at your job. Like, there's some stuff you can do on the ground that you don't have to get certified to climb for. And you can do that until March. So you start guiding again. So I was like, all right, cool. So I did that, got some good money. They're like, hey, you wanna lead this job? Like, all right, so I led the job and hey, you wanna become a tech? Became a tech. Hey, you wanna become a field supervisor? Became a field supervisor. So I got really deep into that, and then Jared kept plugging at me like, hey, come work for me, come work for me, come work with Hill Country Hammer. So we made out a deal, and I went over there in full-time in January of last year.
2: Yeah. So you don't only just do Texas, though. You go out to New York, correct?
1: Yep, go to New York. I'm there from, like, June to August every year. On the way here, I was calling people, booking trips for July. That's crazy. Exactly, man. It's it's awesome.
0: So when you go to New York, are you still under the, like, Hill Country Hammer name and all that? Yep,
1: everything. We book through us. They pay us. We go up there, you know, truck and boat wrap and all that, dude. Let's go it's, we'll do some tournaments on up there, do a camp. Kurt does pro bass camp up there.
2: That's right. Man, he does dude. two. Oh, that's right. He does yeah, two, yeah, because yeah. he does
0: the one in the spring up there, too.
1: Yeah, well, it's like one in – it's two – Or sessions, sorry, summer. Yeah, two sessions at Amsterdam, <clears> like back-to-back, back, and then we do one in New York.
0: Oh, yeah. dude, that's real cool.
1: And it's growing. Like, New York, the first year, with six kids or nine. I no, maybe six. Next year was, like, 12. Now it's, like, 25, 30. Really? Yeah. So it's
0: And it's kind of, <clears throat> I want to touch on that a little more because, you know, naturally we all love fishing, but we're all grown men now, dude. But, like, the kids that come to the Dove yeah. camp, I mean, they're the future. I mean, is it how – how is it with the kids, you know?
1: So, like, I didn't think it would be that powerful in my life. But these kids, like, I've done it for so I've long, no, like, eight, nine years. I've seen them grow up and go off and fish college, go off and fish Toyotas. You know, just this past event at Amstead, uh, Caden Alexander were a long-time camper. He's a little hammer, fished as a co-angler, got 20 seconds, smashed him, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And then this is probably the coolest story. So Hill Country Hammer, we just hired a new kid. This kid's named Blake Turner. He went to camp. He uh, went for like four years. He was always in my cabin. We became buddies. I sold him my boat, my old Triton.
3: Hmm.
1: I was gonna sell it for like twenty eight, twenty-nine, and I told him, like, hey dude, you go out and work, save up twenty grand, I'll give it to you for twenty, and he did. So That's I sold him, dog, yeah. Dude. yeah, dude, I sold him my boat, and then me and Jared were talking, like, Man, we need like another guy, to, like bow fishing and stuff like that, and like train somebody to become us one day. Hmm. I called Blake, I was like, dude, you want a job? And he's been here a week. He's he's in a boat. He's like, he caught a 10 pounder the other day off a bed at LBJ. first 10 pounder, and like, just stoked, dude. In the shop, cleaning boats, just doing whatever he can to do to like, you know, make grind. Him. Yeah, yeah, grind. <laughs> for himself, dude. He's killing, it. he's killing it, dude. So, like, it's crazy. Another story like, he didn't come to camp to be here now it's, yeah it's wow that that that's so happy so
0: how many kids do y'all normally have at one of those camps like 25 to 30 25 to 30 and y'all have well i guess what y'all take what two kids per boat usually yep. so you'll have 12 to 15 of yep.
1: guys guys yeah guys like and do you know, the big like big names come in like denny breyer does it every year hmm. and you know like matt Payne from oklahoma he comes in uh dave mansu drives in from like table rock and stuff you know we've had Keith Combs, Cajun Baby, we've had Keith Pochet you know, a lot, lot of people. James has come and done down a few times. Like, so well, these kids get to go fish with pros, you know. Dude, what I mean? the problem yeah.
0: is, I'd get in one of those boats with Denny Brown, and I'd be like, dude, can you just fish? I'll just watch <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> it's funny, like kids love going with Denny too, because Denny's like. He wasn't messing with them. And, you know, of course, he smashes them, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: he doesn't cut the kids any slack. He smokes them. In front of them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because, you you know, Denny's demeanor on camera and all the years over the tournaments and stuff, you wouldn't take him as that kind of person. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've seen him at the boat ramp at Amistad a couple of times. And, hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, yeah. he's just real quiet, reserved. And then exactly. I can't imagine what he's like out there with a couple 14-year-old kids. Oh, yeah, he's a kid, too, man. He's
1: always cutting out. That's he's awesome. Dead.
0: But, all right, so we've gone through the guide thing, and I know, but I was doing a little research on you. I mean, you're a pretty accomplished tournament angler, man. I saw you won a Toyota last year, right? Yeah. And that was at Texoma? Yes, sir. Texoma, like April, second stop. So you fish, you you still fish competitively quite a bit, even when you're not guiding.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really try to, like, stay relevant in in the tournament world and sports. I just fish Toyotas. They're fun. I mean, I think it's one of the best tournament trails you got you know three tournaments and an awesome championship but one in you know 25 grand I mean like 250 grand I mean like that's one of the biggest tournaments we have in the country yeah you you get a chance to fish one if you qualify so I'm all in and I fish a couple in New York just to you know oh yeah because they have
0: like the northern division and mm -hmm. stuff like that up there too right
1: so I fish a couple of divisions and You know, keep keep tournaments fun because I don't do any, like, local stuff. I'm too busy guiding, so I just – Yeah, I understand that. I got to get my tournament fixed. Well, and
0: then not only that, with all the local stuff, like Bass Champs, Texas Team Trail, stuff like that, with the off-limits and stuff like that, you're giving up days on the water. You could be making money.
1: Exactly, dude. That's the
0: reason why I do that. So I I understand that. Now, like, uh, as far as Toyotas and then – I noticed a lot of guides around Texas we see, you know, they dip their hand into the opens and stuff like that. I mean, is that something you look at or not really? Yeah, or? No,
1: I definitely like, I fished the opens in 2017, and you know, like I got my ass kicked, like mm. straight up, dude. Like, just I think I didn't catch a limit the whole season. Oh, like, three shit. tournaments did not catch a limit. So, like, that was a, like, you know, just a wake up call, but it's made me better. I'm keep going.
0: But, you know, better. But what I've noticed is, you know, of course, me, I I do a little part-time guiding down at the coast and stuff when I'm not working my eight to five. But I noticed there's a big difference between guides and tournament professionals. Mm -hmm. Like, I know a lot of these guys are like, oh, he's a guide. He should win. And it's like, man, when I take my customers out and we're just looking for keeper fish to fill the box, I'm not fishing for the same caliber fish that are going to win me a tournament. So it's like, man, I don't even know, like I watch all these guides down at the coast that chase them trophy trout, the 30-inchers, you know, that's the equivalent of a 10-pound bass. And it's like, if you chase those all day, you're not going to take that same mindset into a Toyota or a Bassmaster Open or anything like that.
3: Yeah,
1: exactly, dude. And, you know, but it has made me a better angler for tournaments because, like, you know, like patterns, you see yeah. fish move, you can adapt quicker. But yeah, like taking a dude out, I'm, I always ask my clients, like, what's your goal? Like, what do you want out of this trip? And some people, I just want to catch a bunch of fish. Yeah. Cool, let's go. We get on a bite. Or I want to learn the leg for tournaments. Cool, I'll show you this, show you that. Maybe we catch some, maybe we don't, but you can gain a bunch of knowledge. Or you want a big one off a bed or something. So every client has a different goal in their trip, and we try to meet that. You know what I mean? Because not, not everyone's the same. Like, the other day I took two people out that never bass fished before. And was all awesome. it was one of my favorite trips. It's awesome. They just like spinning rods, throwing little chatterbaits and stuff. And <laughs> chick caught like a four and a half first like first fish, caught like fifteen fish. Had the dude throwing a bait caster at the end of the day, he was stoked on that. So that's that's what's guiding about it is like just want like making a memory of people who come back.
0: The experience. Yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. dude. Like honestly, like I tell myself this like catching fish on a guide trip's a bonus.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, you I mean? wouldn't think about that.
1: Yeah, because like it's like tournament fish. Like, dude, fish aren't gonna bite good every day. Yeah. Like I fish two hundred and fifty days a year, we might have like ten epic days. You know, the rest mm. of the days you're grinding for a bite. Yeah. So, I mean, it's you know it's. But if
0: you you but there's ways to still have the experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Drive a boat. Yeah. You know, drive a boat. Throw That's a baitcaster. Right learn a different technique. You know. Just
0: well, I know you don't
2: do, like, the, the whole live scope thing too much. Are you starting to get back into that now?
1: Yeah, dude. So, like, last year, I got my butt kicked on live scope. <laughs> so, like, before I went to New York, I stuck it on the boat, and that's pretty much what I did in New York. I got to learn yeah, live scope, yeah. learn live scope. You know, I'm not the best at it. I wouldn't say it's one of my strengths, but I can do it. Yeah, um, proficient you know, enough. Yeah, de- decent. I kind of know what's going on. I kind of know how to follow. And, you know, I'm pretty decent at throwing and seeing my bait and all that. then you know, like being at Ivy Scoping with uh, my buddy Brett Cannon, Josh Jones, they've kind of showed me how.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: I can't really take credit. Like they're like, "Yeah, you do it."
0: Well, those are pretty good teachers. Yeah, they catch a few fish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those guys have caught more double digits in the last week than I've caught in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, dude.
3: It, it's wild, man.
0: It's,
1: it's cool, man. I, I, it's just like being like a plumber or something. You got to have every tool for the job. Yeah, you know what I mean. You can't. Some guys can. I thought I could. Look at the last two tournaments, man, like Okeechobee and uh, Simmel. Yeah. Scope yeah. In the spring. I know. Should be shallow by it. Should be. And I guess they're shallow with one scope. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really sit back and look at how many tournaments are being dominated by live scope. You'd be kind of insane not to dabble in it a little bit.
2: Yeah. At least be somewhat proficient.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had it on my boat for a couple of years now, and I'm not by any means good at it, but – like you said it's a tool mm-hmm. just being able to identify structure with it and oh hey there's a brush pile there's a grass edge there's yeah. the ledge I'm trying to fish it's made me so much more proficient not necessarily I still can't catch them looking at them but just being able to see what you're throwing at just having eyes under the water man it's it's unbelievable
1: yeah dude like just this last tournament at rayburn <laughs> last last spot because I kind of had it off, and I was fishing like pretty shallow, like two foot, hmm. so I kind of had it off, but I had some deeper grass I was fishing. Turned it on, I threw my hybrid 100 over some grass, I saw three fish follow and not get it. I was like, that's kind of weird. Threw it over again, same thing. So I dug a Carolina rig really out of my box, which me and Carolina rig, really like, don't match. Like I don't throw that
3: ever. <laughs> like, it's not my
1: deal, but like, I had it tied on, slung it out there, caught like a two and a half, made a coal and ran in, and did okay in the tournament, so like just that little moment with LiveScope made me call a pound. Yeah. Yeah. And that happens every day. Just little nuances like that. You know what I mean? So you can take it for what it is, like going and looking at them all day or just using it to see some grass, using it to see some cover, using it to see a fish follow your bait and not get it. Yeah.
0: So before we get too deep into the podcast, before people quit, start turning this thing off, <laughs> I want to definitely get like Hill Country Hammer, the guys you represent as far as sponsors, anybody like that? I mean, who who are your main guys that let you do this?
3: Yeah,
1: so honestly, just the business, Hill Country Hammer, like that pays my bills, lets me eat, you know, being part owner, owner with Jared and Alan and John, like that. For me and Jared, it pays our bills. The other guys are just kind of, you know, they're, they're overseeing the business and helping us out. And, and they've done a lot to contribute to the business, but they help us out, run it like a business. But pretty much me and Jared, we, like, we live off it. And we yeah. have another guy that lives off it. We have another kid that we just hired that lives off it. So that's our that's the main deal, Hill Country Hammer. And then, you know, we pump uh, partnered up with Striking Lose. You know, Denny hooked that up. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> partner with them. They've been a great partner this year. I mean, we're all rocking Lose rods and reels and the Striking stuff. And then, you know, I got with Sims last year. Uh, one of my good buddies, Buddy Cipolletti, does the Featherwick stuff. I don't know if you've seen that.
3: Mm.
1: It's like this kind of just a crew, and he and he's just he's. He's awesome with a camera, dude. All these awesome edits, and he's filmed us for years and put stuff out, but now he's getting with these companies, and, and he's making us a part of the companies, and he got me with Patterson with Sims. So big shout-out to Sims. I've been with them a year. They're great. Of course, you know, I talked about it earlier, Kurt Dove. He does high boost. He's the general manager of high boosts and reigns, and I've been with them four years, and they send me hooks every year, and they're great hooks, dude. I'm not, like, a fishing snob. I'm like, you got to use this to catch them, but, like, one hook where I'm like, I won't use anything else.
0: Yeah. It's all about confidence, right? It is,
1: dude. So, those are pretty much the main sponsor got in PowerPole. Like, been been with them for four years and got with them. You know, I'm really excited to get that new trolling motor on my boat this summer to coming yeah. out the trolling motor at the class. Yeah, the,
0: the uh whatchamacallit, the press release or whatever, just came out today yeah. or yesterday yeah, or, yeah, or we, something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, we had a meeting last night about it, like a Zoom deal you could listen in on and tell you about the trolling motor and stuff. And It's been in the works for a long time, dude, since like 18. So.
0: I've been seeing it on Bass Boat Central for like three years, yeah. and the guys are like, ah, it's a myth. Yeah, <laughs> dude, but like my buddy
1: in Florida, Garrett, he's had a prototype for years. So I've seen it on his boat, and he's, he's loving it, so I'm really excited to get that. and. That charge is awesome, and of course, power poles are like a staple. So, yeah, you know, you yeah. Have them, so. Especially
0: for as much sight fishing and stuff like y'all do.
1: Exactly, it's, it's a there. necessity. Yes, and then you know, clear Power, a buddy Nathan out there, he's been smashing it the past two years selling those, those wiring harnesses, mm. and dude, like, I put one on my boat, and I'm just noticed like, your graph reads better, it's faster, your volts aren't going anywhere, you never like nothing ever flickers nothing ever like dies quick because all the power is going to the right source and not going out through a, a, other ways you yeah. know I mean? so it's the battle
0: that's awesome yeah. yeah man for sure so that's cool so as far as 2023 i mean we are here basically the beginning of march so i mean the spawn is kicking off if it hadn't started already for most of y'all so yeah I mean, talking about power poles and sight fishing. I mean, that's getting ready to happen if it ain't happening already.
1: Yeah, that's happening now. I caught an eight yesterday off a bed, second flip, which doesn't happen very often. But it, it, dude, I had her. She's spewing eggs all over the boat and stuff. And <laughs> got my picture, let her go. And she went right back to the bed. So that's awesome. That's good. But yeah, it's definitely happening.
2: That's good. I mean, that's that's cool. You let them go, like let them go right back. Yeah, There's a lot good. of guys that stuff them in the box, and that shit pisses me off.
3: Yeah,
1: it's. I mean, we pay for a license to let us do what we want to fish, but when they're spawning and stuff, like yeah, like we caught a couple of share chair lungers, and our clients like, you want to turn them in, and they're like, well, you know, let's let it spawn. So we, you know, we, we let it go. We just get it out, put it in the well for a little bit, get your pictures, and let it go right back, and they'll yeah. they'll spawn. Man. It's not gonna hurt and at all.
0: you know, I don't mind the guys that take them, put them in the live well for 15, 20, 30 minutes, because I can see where. Man, you got a 10, 12, 13-pound bass, and you just jerk that thing off of a bed. I mean, the way our adrenaline gets going, I'm sure the same thing happens to the fish. Yeah. You know, they get all excited, all nervous, everything. And I can see we're putting them in the live well for a few minutes, especially with some Sure Life or G-Juice or whatever, and just letting them calm down a little bit before you let them go. I mean, that's probably not necessarily a bad thing.
1: Yeah, no, honestly, I can't remember a sight fish besides the smallmouth that I've let go and not seen it swim off. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Smallmouth, man. We don't have very many of those, but I know y'all have a few out there in Del Rio.
1: Yeah, but I think my biggest smallmouth in Del Rio is like two pounds, man. Really? Yeah. Every year you get like a group of kids, like, I want to catch a smallmouth. I want to catch smallmouth. I'm like, guys. <laughs> they're, like, they're little. Like, we can go do it. But I'm saying, like, we're not we'll big girls over here. Go you know, find
0: a bluff wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah, go
1: through a, a net rig by the day, go yeah. and then
0: high five and
2: then go go, go do other stuff. Yeah. I caught a two-pound yesterday. Oh uh, yeah. Where uh, can canyon. canyon oh cool canyon? Yeah. I thought it was bigger, but yeah, did, oh, uh, they, they thought, dude, crazy. Yeah, that's that was uh I don't know, probably like the fifth or sixth one I ever got. Yeah, yeah. That's cool.
0: <laughs> all right, well man, so we've covered all that and dude. Again, I just can't thank you enough for being on this podcast, dude. It's so cool just talking to somebody with your experience and your insight. Now, I have followed Hill Country Hammer for a while now, and I noticed you're running one of those new ballistic boats.
1: Yeah, actually, so I'm still in a Phoenix. Oh, you are? Yeah, we haven't gotten mine yet, but Jared and Blake are running them, and I've ran them, dude. They're bad at Like Jim Wells up there, dude, he like –
2: It's Idaho. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well he, yeah. he moved
1: to Texas he's at Lake the Pines. Oh. Yeah, he's at Lake of the Pines now. Okay. Yeah, and he's like we went to the shop to get Jared's boat and like only five people touch that boat, dude. Like they make it pristine. That's bad. It's That's awesome. Good. Like the wiring's good, the hole's good. Like you can just like go to a boat and hit the side of it and then hit the ballistic and you can like feel and tell
3: the difference.
1: And then just run it. Like it's 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 quick, it's as good in water. Like it's bad, but, you know, rough on it. has got
0: to be solid going 80. Yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I think Jerry got it to like
0: 97 the other day. His. Like, Jeez.
1: Yeah, he's all
0: about that speed. Uh, well, I don't blame him. Yeah, cool. I've had a couple of them. I had a gambler, I yeah. had a bullet for a little while. And yeah, I like, but man, those ballistics, I see them and yeah, man, they're definitely sexy looking. There ain't yeah. no doubt about that. I mean,
1: like, just on the trailer in the water, like, you can tell, like, what boat is that? Like, you don't, they look like a Batmobile. It's like, not normal.
0: Even yeah, like even like you said, sitting on the trailer in a parking lot, yeah, just like, driving by you know, it and it catches your eye. Yeah. You know, it's like driving by a Ferrari or a Lamborghini. Exactly. You're exactly. always gonna look twice. Exactly.
1: It's, it's a cool boat. We're really excited to be a part. And we actually, you know, we're gonna start selling them for you. So if anybody wants a ballistic, is you know, really thinking about it, contact us at Hook Country Hammers. We'll take you for a test ride. Well, you can come see the boat. You know, we can. Oh shit. Sure. And then when you order, it's fully custom. It's what exactly what you want.
2: Down to everything, grass, grass,
0: everything. Anything. That's awesome. Book time. a guide trip and then you can ride in it and catch fish. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So, being a guide and having a bunch of different people in your boat, especially people that half of them you fished with before, half of them you probably never met, you know, finding what a person is capable of doing on the, on the water, whether you mentioned you got a guy that never even thrown a baitcaster by the end of the deal. What what do you like to do with let's say a beginner? Your tip not tips but like techniques. You know what 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 do you like to do with a novice angler?
1: Yeah, so usually like if they've never fished before, a lot of chunking and winding. You know what I mean? They can throw it out there, reel it back, get the feel for the bait, feel the bite. You know, it's kind of hard to throw out a worm and let it sit there, know what rock is, know what grass is, know what a bite is. So, you know, just, just keep it simple for the beginners. And then, you know, I get a lot of people in the boat are like, man, I've never thrown a frog. How do you how do you do that? So we work on a frog, you know, we throw that all day. So it's, you know, just teaching people, like you said earlier, di- people have different goals and stuff. But, you know, for the beginners, a lot of chucking the line. And you know that's pretty easy for me because I do that
0: mostly. Yeah. Chunk and wine shallow. I love that deal. But. So that's kind of your gig. Like if you go out fishing by yourself, a, a perfect day for Rick Harris catching fish, what would it be doing?
1: Man, perfect day is probably flipping ounce and a half in deep grass, big stick braid, and deep grass. Like I like I like punching mats and stuff. Well, hmm. you get that eighteen to twenty foot hydrilla. And you let that weight sing all the way to the bottom, and it goes boop, and you get to set the hook and rip them through 20 foot of hydrilla. So that's the funnest mm. bite. I can do that all day for one bite.
0: That's that Amistad coming out. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love it, man.
3: So I, it's never
0: happened to us, but like you, you hear those people talk about those that deep punch and stuff like that. I mean, like, have you ever, I'm sure you have, but what about like scrapes and stuff? You ever oh, been yeah. able to get them fired Dude, up? Big time.
1: I, I, think I did a video on my youtube like last year and hmm. i got like a four fish scrape stuff like that it's actually a lake around here i'm not gonna say the name but <laughs> kind of weird go go, go flip grass. <laughs>
3: yeah. So, yeah that's my favorite thing
1: to do. Dude. And that you just like usually have like three rods rigged up two two same punching maybe a jig like a big flipping jig and like literally like you set the hook boat flip them, pick up another rod flip back in there boat flip them pick up another rod throw it in there boat flip, them, you got three fish Flopping around tangling
2: lines and you could have three fish for twenty pounds. Dude, oh, it's dude. crazy. Yeah, dude. One just of these days. Sh- just have a shit show on your day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> One <laughs> of these days.
1: After that, you just getting hooks out
0: and cutting lines and dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude. yeah, I've heard a lot of stories, especially from like old time Amistad guys and stuff like that, talk about not catch a fish all friggin' day, and then the next thing you know, you look in the floor of the boat and you got four or five six to eight pounders in there and it's like we went from zero to 32 pounds just like this yeah
1: exactly it's cool thing about flipping grass man i was at amstead at the gas station and i was just kind of talking with guys like how how do you fish that grass i don't know how and this dude gave me this jig. He's like put a trailer in that get brain it, and just let it fall that's terry old (laughs) so he like like showed me like do that like and it's been my favorite technique ever since, man. It's, yeah, it's, it's
0: the best. Odom knows a little bit about flipping grass, yeah, oh yeah, flipping anything. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that guy'd catch a fish in his bathtub if he exactly. could. There's a little bit of grass in there, Jake. Yeah, exactly. A uh, Little algae on the bottom of that. I'm flipping it. And I
1: think I think the biggest deal with doing that technique, of course, is confidence. You know what I mean? Like, a, that's all you gotta have is confidence in something. Like, I think. 80% of that technique is do mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And then the 20% is like, okay, right, rod, right, whatever. And then like
3: a little bit of it is like,
1: okay, like they're on a little point in the grass or they're right by the channel or they're, you know, they're related. That, that's just a little bit, but most of it is actually just going and do it. All no. Day. And, and then, you know, like you said with clients, I always ask clients like, what do you like to do? What do you like to fish? I like a dragon worm. So they're going to fish a worm better than something that I'm going to show them so I can Try to like meet their needs, but also like teach them something. Hmm. So, and that's a cool thing about fishing. I've learned from my clients. Like people think you're a guy you know everything? Hell no. (laughs) Like (laughs) fishing, you know, it's fishing's hard, man. But I've learned a lot of stuff from my clients, which is really cool.
0: That makes a lot of sense, though. I mean, I definitely don't want to try to stereotype somebody, but like you said, you got a couple old timers on the boat that are been throwing Carolina rigs and football jigs for the last thirty years. You got a spot you know you can take them to, and just let them have at it.
3: Yeah, dude. Because
0: right. they're they they have the utmost confidence in that. Exactly, dude. That's fishing. It's all about confidence. Right? If you don't believe in it, it's probably not gonna
1: happen.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've I've had plenty of days putting the boat on the water, like, shit. Where am I going? <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I've had a lot of us. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's like me with when I throw swimbaits. I'm just like shit. Yeah. It's been, what, how many days now? And I haven't got one on a swim bait yet. Yeah. But, fuck it, I'm going. Yeah, <laughs> That's fun, though,
1: like, big swim bait thing, dude. Like, you, you see it in, in derbies, too. Yeah. Like, like Chickamauga, we saw last year, mm-hmm. big time. And then, dude, I know countless guys in tournaments that, like, they pick off one or two on a glide, or something like that. I know guys that are scoping a glide catching big ones. So, it's. Yeah,
0: well, Jacobson, he yeah. almost won that tournament last. Well, it was Chick, I think. yeah. And it's yeah, awesome. he had the fish on on that glide, but oh, yeah. gosh dang. I don't even own a glide bait.
2: Well, we got plenty. Yeah, I know. I not- <laughs> Will's got them on the shelf here. Yeah. Yeah. It's not tune. We got to get a tune right. You got to send it to Butch.
0: Oh, yeah. Tune. yeah. All right. 10 <laughs> yeah, for. <yeah.
2: laughs>
0: but no, that the swim bait bite, it, you know, I didn't even. It's funny. We talked about the different kind of fishermen. I mentioned the Carolina rig or dragging the football jig because that's how I learned how to fish. Yeah. Throwing a big 10 inch worm Carolina rig. And that's what I'm still confident in. And really until about two or three years ago when the water came up at choke and that swim bait bite went crazy, just chunking and reeling a rage tail swimmer or whatever. I mean, I did not have confidence in a swim bait until then. Yeah, And now doesn't matter. I go to choke, even go to Ivy, Amistad, whatever, and you yeah. see something and you're like, man, I could probably throw that swim bait here. Exactly. And it, it's it's not it's not so foreign anymore.
1: Yeah, there's another feather in the hat man. Yeah. You, all fishermen would just want feathers in the hat, knowing situations, knowing because like dude, when you're on the water, like like you said, like you see something and it just like it feels right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell people like they always you know ask questions, like, what do I do in this situation? Why do, I do that? I'm like, man, just kinda like go with your gut. But you've been on the water enough, something's going to tell you to do it. It's kind of really go with your gut. That's all you can trust. Mm-hmm. You know, you know I mean? it's
0: it's crazy that we're sitting here talking about this because I literally just saw a video that Justin Lucas did yesterday or the day before. And that was the deal. It was like, if you see something and it's telling you, I need to throw this bait, it shows him digging in his rod box to pull something out from the very bottom just because – Something keyed him into, you know what I ought to be doing this and sure enough he throws it out there and catches a the fish.
1: Exactly, dude. Like that that happened that Raven Joe just explained, like yeah. you know, a song, like, oh maybe eat a Carolina Raven. Really that out there and then another this is like the, the really cool tip. People always ask, like, when do I retie? I'm like, dude, if you think you should retie, if it crosses you your mind, retie. Line, re-tie. <laughs> even yeah. if, even if like should I retie and you feel it? And you're like, oh, it's good. Now, something told you to retie. Yeah. So just
2: go ahead and do it. Yeah,
0: that gut instinct.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, I lost a lot of fish like that though.
2: Yeah. Not really? retiring, yeah. On Travis or Well like muscles don't Yeah. You just like dragging a jig and then like you just
1: oh, right. don't
2: don't <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, for real. Yeah.
2: Definitely have to retie when you when you go up there to Travis LBJ, like retie a lot.
0: Yeah. My problem is, dude, if I listen to my gut, I'd have nothing but double quarter pounders in my boat, because that's all it tells me. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, right, but I, but, right. I, but I actually i actually found uh rig it was on youtube it's back when i had the old podcast really and yeah it was all Anderson videos because I'm, I'm still new to texas really dude like, yeah so it was kind of like watching as much footage as i can like just to learn like grass i didn't know grass until like 2020 at choke mm-hmm. and i was like oh shit what the hell
0: well and it's so crazy to think how long the pros and stuff have been doing it. You know, you talk about swim baits and Amistad. Jason Williamson won Amistad, the Elite Series, on a swim bait in 2009. Yeah, and we're talking 14 years ago.
2: Yeah. But how how does fishing set up from Texas versus other like everywhere else?
1: Man, like it's kind of people say a bass is a bass, which is it's you know it's true, but like you go to Florida, Florida's like a whole
3: deal
1: like you know like six rods on your deck all years, man no. you know what i mean but it, it still has its in you know little tricks and how they set up and like same with going up north smallmouth mean, that's a whole different deal or you go to you know tva lakes ledges stuff like that current mm. dropping wall you know all of that so every every area has its own deal and it's cool that I'm I'm really, you know, I really want to make the championship, the Tortoise Series championship, because it's at Table Rock.
3: Yeah,
1: I've never been to any of those lakes, like Bull Shoals. I've never been there, and I really want to go check it out.
3: That's you Amstead. know what I mean? So, like, every,
1: everywhere it has little different deals. That's why it's at Amstead, is so awesome to learn there. They have grass, they have deep water, clear water, you go up a river, flip wood, go down, drop shot 60 foot. You can do everything there.
0: And See, I don't think people realize how big of a deal the grass thing is because, I mean, me being a San Antonio based angler, you know, we fish a lot of the local tours and stuff. And when we go to Amistad and like I never forget, I guess it was probably, I don't know, three years ago, they had a Texas team trail out there. And my partner and I did decent. Well, we actually ended up getting the last spot in the money. It wasn't good. Hey, cash in the check. Exactly. So I was like, I was it's like stoked. I'm like, awesome, yeah. dude. But it's so funny because I, Texas Team Trail being based, I think a little more kind of east, north Texas, not central, southern Texas. I'm sitting here going and I'm looking for my buddy's names and i look at where all these guys are from. And I'm like, East Texas, East Texas, East Texas. I'm like, man, y'all don't need to come out here no more. (laughs) Y'all are too good at the grass.
1: (laughs) And then like going to Rayburn and stuff, like that whole area. Like, there's only a couple of places in the country where like everyone lives and breathes bass fishing. And Rayburn, they live and breathe bass fishing. Going to, they live and breathe bass fishing.
3: Okeechobee,
1: you know, they live and breathe it. Not like that at all.
0: No, it's not.
1: So when you you get around there.
0: Like, I'm, I'm excited because this year, actually coming up in April next month, my wife and my mom paid for me to go be a co-angler in the open at Toledo Bend. Sick, I'm like, dude, I don't even, I told my wife, she goes, are you excited? I'm like, yeah, I'm excited, but I don't even know if I'm going to take a fishing rod. I kind of just want to go walk. Yeah, I, mean, it's like I did the co-angler. Yeah, I've never done the co yeah, thing it's, like it's, in a big tournament. Yeah,
1: if you need somebody to practice with, hit me up. I've like, got a lot of guys that ask. If you need somebody to practice with, hit me up, i will contact. But <laughs> the whole co thing, go to learn.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, go to learn, man. It's, well, and that's part of the reason, because the only reason I even thought about doing it, it's like, man, I would love to get on Toledo and get on Rayburn with somebody that really knows how to fish grass, because – how am I going to be able to apply that to coming home to choke or coming home to Amistad? You know, just different tips and techniques and all that stuff that you can't learn without being on the boat with somebody that knows how to do it.
1: Exactly. Like I did the code for probably three or four years. I fished from Florida to here, you know, everywhere, Tennessee, Louisiana, and actually a cool story. Guy that taught me how to throw a Carolina rig was Todd Castleman. I drew him at Ross Barnett. Oh, wow. He was smashing them, shouting. Okay. And I didn't know what it was, dude. He took the time out to, like, sit down, show me how to tie it. Like, here's a swivel. Here's a little clacker. Here's a weight. You do a leap, Like, he showed me. And then I threw and started catching. Him. It's like, that's what's going That's, you know, co with me, dude. Like, if they ask for help, I help them. You know, it's 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 about growing the sport and stuff like that, too. But last year, I was, I was kind of too good of a guy. Like, in 2021, I fished in Austin, about five Toyota events, they ran, like, and
3: they
1: ran every one of them, one of my co made the top ten. And one of them won. Like at Rayburn, the first one, my co the first day made the top ten. Texoma, the the first year I went, my first day co won, my second day co made the top ten. I go to Rayburn again for the third one. My first day co makes a top 10. I go to New York on Champlain. My first day co makes the top 10. <laughs> We're at the championship at Pickwick. My second day co makes the top 10. I'm like, dude, I suck. I'm leaving like,
3: <laughs> all these fish out to
1: be caught. You know what I mean? But it, it was a confidence to know I'm around them. But, like, yeah, those guys. And, and nobody, like, threw in front of me. Nobody, like, they caught their own fish, yeah. like, hands down. dude. Like, it was just kind of like.
2: So every co-angler is just hoping to get yeah. you right, <laughs> just, <laughs> all the right. Yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, I, I didn't realize it. And I look back at the year and I'm like, dude, I like get my butt kicked by my co-anglers.
0: Oh. It happens from time to time, oh, it, no. does. it does. But you know what? That's cool. And it's because of experiences like that, those co-anglers are probably hooked, yeah. especially if it was a co-angler that maybe it was only his second or third event or something. And now, I'm, dude, I gotta check, I'm in the top 10. I mean. That's stuff that probably stick with you for the rest of your yeah, life.
1: Exactly, dude. Like the whole Todd and the Carolina rig thing. I was cool. And I knew who he was. He was yeah. Like you know when <laughs> yeah. I mean? I'm like, I mean, fishing when he teaches me that it just it just shows that like your fish were just all normal people yeah. I like to fish. Like like a, a guy that sucks can beat a guy that's good any day of the week.
3: Yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's Yeah, because there's so many variables. It's not like me lacing up sneakers and going on the court with LeBron. Exactly. You're never gonna win. Exactly. But every now and then on the on the lake or on the water you you get that chance.
1: Exactly. Dude. That's what's cool about fish. It takes thirty seconds to catch a ten pounder. Yeah. About thirty seconds. You got thirty seconds, and so you got a shot.
2: I yeah. remember I remember going I was fishing at tournament in Kelly and it was a one bass. Dude in the John boat one. Really? And that was like twenty grand.
3: Where at?
2: There he is. Sick. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I want to. I missed the U.S. Open last year. I went with Kurt one year, and like, I want to go back. That's
2: the coolest tournament
0: ever. I I was getting ready to ask. Everybody talks about the U.S. Open.
2: It's
0: awesome. And I'll do it as
2: a co. I'd be down to do it as a co. I want to do the Arizona one.
0: And so I know, I noticed last uh, year, the U.S. Open, because of water levels at low, they moved it to Mojave. Mm -hmm. And I know, like, listening to some other stuff on the internet, they were kind of worried, like, what is it going to be like? What is it going to be like? Well, where I work my day job up in Bernie, actually Byron Velvic lives up there by me. And I remember he came into the shop. He stops by the shop every now and then because he knows my boss and I are bass fishermen. So he stops by and talks every now and then. It's cool. You know, I don't lead series pro. I'm kind of like awesome, you know, but he was saying like, when he heard that it moved to Mojave, he goes, Ain't hey, none of the pros going to be mad about that because apparently that place is chocked full of biggins. Yeah, dude,
1: when, we, when I was there at US Open, everyone was talking about the hobby. Mm. Like, you can get 20-pound small out there. And get, like, bags. Well, and... oh, but that's what I loved about the US Open. Like, on Mead, you do, like, 10 pounds in a bag. Yeah. And that's cool, I think. You know, everyone kind of complains, but I think it's cool as hell because, like, makes a playing feel a little easier. Exactly. Like, you know, a bite really, real, I mean, it always means something. But like it really means something there. You catch a three pounder, or something,
2: right? yeah. I yeah. rather, I rather take that a grind tournament than just a sleigh. Yeah, yeah.
0: Now the U.S. Open, the way you fish with your co-anglers is a little different, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a team weight.
0: See, and I like, like that's cool. We were just talking about that last week on the podcast because our local club that Joe and I fish in, Elite Bass Club here. It's a little bit different than a lot of the other bass clubs because a lot of other bass clubs, you're, you're in the front of the boat, but the guy that's in the back of your boat, you're fishing against. Yeah. But we do it as a team format. Wow. So it's just like, because I was joking last week, I was like, man, you know, riding around the back of somebody's boat and you're finishing against them and he hooks an eight pounder. I'll do the nets down there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this makes it cool to like, I have
1: great draws like Joe Rubia. I got the official hand. Ken Mall. I mean, I, I've known I've Kim Ma for yeah. years, bro. Like he's one of the best highest mat flippers in the country, like on the Delta and stuff. Like, dang to fish with that guy, It's just sick. And we had a blast. Me and Ken are actually pretty good buddies now because of it. And I fished with Joe and just seeing him finesse him like he does is insane. I, I had one on, it was like six pounds test. I broke off and hurt us, but man, we, we had a great time, dude. It was it was cool to fish with those guys and a team, me and Ken were were running back. He's like how much weight did you have yesterday? and i told
0: him he's like i failed you <laughs> <laughs> so definitely it sounds like the us open is a bucket list oh yeah dude, you for a guy it. that yeah. likes to fish tournaments yeah i got it because
2: there's pro it's it's open to everybody yeah, yeah. that's awesome in vegas
0: like how you know. uh, so like a tournament like that though if you want to be a co-angler is it hard to get into that tournament if you're not linked up with a pro
1: I just go sign up, and yeah. if there's a waiting list, it's you know they're always kind of hurting for co-anglers, especially now, dude. I feel like the co-anglers are are getting less and less interested in going because of live scope. Yeah, I've heard that from a lot of co like they get me. They're like, "What do you do?" Like, "They go. We're not live scoping. you know, like, but it's just part of the game. now I'm waiting for a co-angler to bring a live scope with.
2: <laughs> just hanging off the back. <laughs> Seriously, dude. Like they got just,
1: those ice fishing live scopes. That's true. Like, I told my buddy like, dude,
2: grab one and like
0: yeah put it in a
1: backpack and pan around. Yeah. That'd be
0: sick. But see, being shared weight, you would think I imagine it's gotta be a little different than it is like oh, definitely. going and being a co-angler at an open where your guy's live scoping and he's really not telling you anything. You know, it would seem to me if you're a pro at the US Open and you're live scoping and it's shared weight, you would think that pro is probably like, hey dude, they're right here, cast here, cast there, a you know. Percent. Because, yeah. hey, your coingler gets lucky and hooks a three pounder on me, dude. He's helping you, exactly. big time. A, a
1: thousand percent. But I was just talking about like the you know Toyota. Yeah. And stuff yeah. Like that they're kind of still getting filled, but I can see like I know a lot of coings that are like backing out. Because, you
2: know, That's true. They get blue water. Who wants to get blue water all day? Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. Do still catch them? Yeah, they do. Weightless Cinco, just drag her. Around. Dude,
1: my buddy Nick Nick Hatfield was, was scoping them in a tournament, and this co angler like 18 pounds behind them. No shit. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it can happen any day of the
2: week. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: you know, I miss co anglers in like elite series and BPT.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, I understand why they're not there, yeah. but you know, I under, I'm like, man, that would be cool.
1: It, I, I got to fish one.
0: As a co? The
1: last FLW co angler event you could fish. It was on Lake st clair i went up with kurt never smallmouth fish for my life practice with kurt all week it was awesome like four pound smallmouth crazy pretty water like there's grass. like it was awesome then like first day i did i didn't do you know i did okay and then second i drew brad knight and he was like third in the event hmm. and we went smash and i was like kind of chilling I was, like dude you're in third i don't know, like jack you could throw in there like they're coming like get one you know, it, we're actually y'all know Bass Angler magazine? Yeah. Yeah. Dude, so me I, like we're on the cover, he's like pulling a smallmouth and I'm netting his fish. Uh, oh, sweet. <laughs> <sorry. laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, but that like and then I was like, cool, I'm gonna fish you know, the whole FLW tour next year as a co angler and then they cancel it.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: But I, I totally
0: get it, dude. I, I do, I get it. I understand. You know, for the pros' it's sake and the right. guys yeah. that are doing it, you know, at yeah. that level, yeah. I can yeah. see why they don't yeah. have co's. But I guess that's why I am glad that, like, Bassmaster Open, Toyotas, mm-hmm. stuff like that, they still do allow yeah, it. Yeah,
1: BFLs ABA, stuff like that. There's always, you know, if you don't have a boat or you kayak or you want to get better and learn, you go do, you go, go do a co or It's like almost hiring a guy. You yeah. know what I mean? You might get some good draws, might get some bad draws, but every time you go out, you're going to learn something. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah no, I know. You, you listen to a lot of the old interviews from the FLW pros and stuff, and, they they give that same advice all the time, like, dude, you want to get into it? Go be a co for a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, look at guys like Brian New and stuff like that oh, that are yeah. killing it now. And dude, he was wrecking it on the co angler okay. side. Justin
1: Lucas. Yeah. yeah. Crazy Co their stories, like nutty ones. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it doesn't help that or doesn't hurt that Brian New's protege's Brian Therese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably doesn't yeah, help. Have <laughs> but yeah. Dude, that's awesome. So, uh, back to a little bit of the guide stuff. Like, if someone was coming to Texas right now, didn't hire a guide. I mean, uh, what's your top lake right now? What do you like to go? We're, where, you know, I mean, of course, we're in Texas, so you can always say Fork, Sam Rayburn, yeah. whatever. But someone that just wants to go have a good time.
1: Yeah, I man. I would, th- you know, Texas is so big and diverse, dude. Like, they spawn from January to June here in the state so any time of the year you can maybe catch a spawning fish you know from january you know january to june so yeah i mean you know just just the hot spots like you know ravens a a must i think amstead is a must uh lbj i think is probably one of the best sight fishing lakes in the country dude like it is all like it's awesome you want to learn how to sight fish you come this time of year go there but then there's some sneak holes like know ivy was a sneak hole there's big ones there Alan, you know there's a ton of sneak holes over here and of course forks legendary you can go out there and get it like so it's it's hard to answer that question but
0: well i guess and, and you know what i probably phrased it the wrong way because like i think the same thing it's like oh man i'm gonna go on a fishing trip you know i'm gonna hook the boat up i'm gonna go for a week and just go fishing where am i gonna go well of course i'm like Oh dude, I want to go to Okeechobee, I want to go to Chickamauga, Kentucky Lake, all these places. And I'm like, that's all fun and stuff, but I don't want to go out there and zero either at the same time where, you know, so I guess that's why, you know, a lot of us guys are kind of just like, I like the lakes where yes, you have the opportunity to catch a big fish, but you still gotta catch some fish to make it enjoyable. Exactly. And I think that's what I like about Amistad. I think that's what I like about Amistad so much is because even even if you're having a terrible day, like you you were joking about the smallmouth earlier, yeah. you know, you can still go catch them. Yeah. You can go get bites. You yeah. can go have fun.
1: Exactly, dude. That It's so easy to guide there.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, go you to know, rock pop, throw a drop shot or net rig, or go to some deep grass or grass, bomb a cinco around, and just drag it, and you'll get bit. You know, I can't tell you how many husband and wife trips I've been on. Like, the husband's a fisherman. The wife really doesn't fish. Here's a spinning rod, wacky. Throw it out there. Don't don't touch it. And she's like, "I'm stuck." And then like,
3: boom, big big one comes jumping up. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I can't tell you how many times that's happened. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's that, that's another reason why it's one of my favorite movies. Man, it's just, you get
0: bites, they yeah, Exactly. Have you been out west? No. I know, I know. We I know you need. said you went to the U. But that's you've that's never it. been to like Cal Delta or any of that no, out dude, there. Dude, I've
1: wanted to because like they have a Toyota schedule out there. Yeah. And it's always like Havasu, Clear Lake, and the Delta. Ooh.
0: Usually. Oh,
1: no. And I'm
0: just like drooling. Havasu's
2: dope. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I love it. Like, I, I love, love Havasu
2: so bad. Maybe
0: one day, but. Havasu. That's cool.
2: like see, Havasu that's, see,
0: that's the problem with fishermen. I've never been to Havasu. Yeah. I don't know if I'm ever going to go to Havasu, but because of Aaron Martin's, I got one of them damn birds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I got, I got one the in dudes. the fishing shed. I ain't never oh, going to yeah. use it, but I got one. Dude,
1: that was such a cool tournament. To be on that pattern of birds and the reeds, and stuff. so that's yeah. A cool term. What is that? And even if I never
0: be one like that, no, probably that not.
2: Yeah, Havis, Havis is definitely a, a lake I'll go back to.
0: Oh really? Oh yeah.
2: That, it, the way it sets up, you got the whole river to
0: run. Like, see, and I guess um, being a I guess being a Texas boy, like I look at all the places to go fish, and what intrigues me more than anything is up north. No. Like someone asked me the other day, if you could pick anybody to go fishing with, I shouldn't say asked me the other day, but they've asked me before, if you could pick anybody to go fishing with any of the pros, what would you want to do? And I'm like, go smallmouth fishing with Mark Zona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yep. I mean, one, one, I think it would just be so awesome to be in the boat with Mark Zona, but that whole Northern smallmouth deal, whether it's St. Lawrence or Oneida, Champlain, whatever. I mean, yeah. that's that's very intriguing to
1: me. Oh, they're cool, dude, I mean, it's a whole deal. Like, it's I I've been up there five years, and like every year, I I, I start learning like what fish are doing. Like. Hmm. When I used to go up there, it used to be like, all right, they're biting on this, you kind of target that, like. But now I'm like really understanding, like, oh, like they're coming off, they're post dude. It's like mid August, dude. Like it's already kind of a fall deal,
0: hmm. or
1: you know, there's some fish shallow, always some fish deep. You know, it's just kind of like. I'm really learning what they're doing, and that's what's really cool. I'm really excited to get back up there. Again.
0: And, and Kurt Dove's camps, where? Oneida.
1: Oneida. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, dude. And that people, if you're a hardcore bass fisherman, go up there, dude. Go experience it. Save some money. Go for it. And you got to go two or three days. You can't just go one. Save yeah. some money. Go up there. It, it's worth it. Like you catch one three pounder trip made. Yeah. And that's easy to do. You know, it's still fishing. It's hard, but like. Yeah. You, you get bites up there, dude. It's, absolutely you know, and there. It's it's a cool thing.
0: And the summertime is I mean Dude,
1: I think any if, if there's not ice on it, go.
3: Yeah.
1: Seriously. Like the pool cool. In the fall, I know they catch big bags on like A-rigs. The weather's probably a little more crazy. But you know, that summertime's good. It's beautiful. It's like, you know, we're from Texas. It's like 107 down here in July. There, like, is in an August and it's 48 degrees and we launched for a turn
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean
1: so it's like the weather's beautiful it's it's a, it's a good break man.
3: Awesome.
0: Awesome. so bringing this thing kind of full circle i mean we've talked everything from guide business to tournament fishing to everything and we talked a little bit about it you know off air but we were just mentioning different kinds of boats and like what people buy and everybody wants of course the newest but i think the coolest thing about fishing is it doesn't really matter what you have, as no. long as you get to go fishing.
1: Yeah, exactly, dude. Like we talked about, it's, it's different for everybody. Like financially, goals. Some dudes want to make the Elite Series. Some dudes want to be the A O Y in their club tournament. Some guys just want to get out in the kayak and get away from life for a little bit and don't even have to turn So That's a cool thing about fishing. It's just different for everybody. Dude. Yeah,
2: and different got a big uptick ever since COVID happened because everybody was outside. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly, dude. Like. Our, our partner, Alan, the other day is telling us the statistics on, like, how many how much revenue that fishing has brought in the past, like, couple of years. And, like, it's unreal how much it's changed from, like, 2019 to now. It's unreal. I hope revenue. it
0: stays there. Yeah, me yeah. too,
1: man. Like, it's good, it's good for all of us. Like, yeah. uh, like, you know, companies get more money to make stuff better. Right. You know what I mean? They'll sell more, more baits or more electronics more anything to put in and make stuff better so we'll even grow the sport more like that and you know of course the younger generation coming up buying stuff all that high school deals, fishing all that i
0: think i think that's cool about fishing too because i mean of course naturally we all want the best the coolest the nicest but i mean you don't have to have all the top of the line stuff necessarily to go have a good time yeah I mean, I look at you, Joe, we've been friends now for a couple of years. And when I met you, I mean, you were rolling in the bass tracker, dude. Yeah. And having probably just as much fun as you are now, as far as the fishing aspect.
2: Yeah. Well, when I had the tracker, I thought that was like a freaking brand new ranger, dude. And like, I thought it was the coolest shit ever, you know? And I I love that thing. I still love that thing. Sometimes I miss it because I can't even get back to where I used to fish at, you know, sometimes, (laughs) you know? But... I did buy a pre-scratch boat, so that's exactly. that's why I didn't yeah. want to buy new, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> smart, smart move. I remember driving from Midland, Texas to St. Angelo, Texas to fish from the bank at Nazareth, mm. which is, I guess, not a very good lake, but it's one of my favorite lakes. That's where like, I cut my teeth. So, like, just to make a two-and-a-half-hour drive to fish from the bank for an afternoon it was, like, the,
2: most exciting thing. You catch one three pounder and you're like, oh my
0: god. Yeah. Stoke. I love <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny story about Nasworthy. I've never fished there, but because I have a fishing background, grew up fishing, I actually went up there probably I don't know, eight or nine years ago. A buddy of mine has one of those uh uh drag boats. Oh, yeah, race the races up there. Yeah. And they have the big races, the big drag boat races at Nazworthy up there in San Angelo. And I remember he invited us all out there one day, and he's like, yeah, come up. We're going to be racing and stuff. And I remember walking down to the edge of the lake as the boats are running by and looking down going, man, I bet there's a fish by that tree over there. Exactly, <laughs> And
1: that's funny you said that's where I fished, dude, that Spring Creek area. I'd walk that bank, throw a crank crankbait on the rock, and you know, get some fish, man. <laughs> that's insane
0: yeah no it was nuts you know you got boats going by you 250 miles an hour and i'm wondering where the bass are exactly. <laughs> same thing at marble falls because they have the drag boat races at lake marble falls too mm-hmm. well now you can once you get that ballistic you can just go enter that and fish all yeah. at the same time
1: Yeah, probably, probably win, on probably the win. Course, yeah. absolutely
0: yeah. <laughs> There actually are some guys that run the old Allisons and stuff like that. Yeah. You can tell, like, one of the guys had an Allison, and it still had the holes in the front where the trolling motor used to be.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of guys that uh, they're, I guess are from New Mexico. They run Allison's at Amstead, and I see them all the time out there. And, like, it's just cool to, like, you never see those boats, and they fly.
0: Yeah. That. No, I think, yeah, I've seen one guy. He, uh, I was actually coming from over by, like, zoro Thule area mm-hmm. and i was running back towards box canyon and one of those allisons came rolling by me at about 80 and i'm, I'm going oh god i'm pretty sure it's the, yeah, yeah. yeah and i think it was an older dude
3: yeah it was, wise, it was old an Alice? older dude yeah, okay. and i'm like
0: this guy's just out here pimping in the allison <laughs>
3: dude
0: that's crazy well rick man dude we can't appreciate you we can't say how much we appreciate you coming on the podcast and you know, we're new. We're getting it going, but man, we we've really enjoyed getting to talk to you about just fishing in general, man. Just talking shop.
1: Yeah, this has been cool, like having it in the tackle store. You know, of course, I went and bought some stuff from uh, Fish Tackle Marine. You know, they got a great selection of stuff here, dude. Like you know, it's, it's really cool to see somebody like open up their own local shop and get it going and doing all that. So I'm very happy to come support, do this podcast and hang out with you guys. It's been fun, man. I don't feel like it's like (laughs) business or a podcast. I feel like just hanging out with my friends,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely being cool seeing somebody that you follow on social media. And, you know, I remember seeing the pictures of the big casting deck on the front of the boat and Flipping tens and twelves in the net, and actually getting to talk to you in person, man, it's been it's been awesome.
1: Awesome, man, well, I do appreciate it, man. Thanks you, guys, having me on. And like we talked about earlier, hopefully we get to do this again. Maybe you guys can come up to to our
0: neck of the woods and do it. Oh, and check yeah. out the
1: shop and get you know, maybe yeah. Jared and Alan involved. It's we'll,
0: we'll really go cool. fishing first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then if and then if you know Joe and I can't catch no fish, we won't worry about yeah, the not podcast.
1: Far, <laughs> <not far laughs> we'll just go out and suck, come yeah. back and talk about how we suck. Right. <laughs> exactly.
2: So how can
0: I get a? How can they
2: reach you?
1: Man, so, you know, uh, Hill Country Hammer has, you know, Facebook. We have a website and uh, Instagram and TikTok. And, you know, me personally, Rick Rick Carrier's Fishing, I got an Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, a little bit of a YouTube. I'm trying to get better at it, but, man, it's just.
2: It's
0: hard. Dude, I respect
1: those those guys that put out content every week because it is a grind, dude. Mm. I don't see how they do it, but they're doing it. I need to get better at it, but those are my platforms, and, you know, come check us out, dude. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, man. Well, again, until next week, guys. Later.